0: Thank you for being here, first of all. Yeah. And this is my guest, Grant Denton. Grant, where are you from originally?
1: I'm born and raised in Vegas. Oh. Okay. My grandma was born there.
0: Oh. Yep. And how long have you been up in Reno?
1: Been in Reno for four years. Yeah.
0: And what brought you up here?
1: So I came out here to do. Um, I came out to do sober living. That was actually not for me. I was I had been in Vegas clean for two years and operating in sober living homes and i seem to be really good at it yeah <laughs> i i yeah and it was nuts so, um i was good at you know when you when you run sober living houses you're you know you're trying to you know teach people how to and it was it was actually my it was therapeutic for me too right so i'm my, not
0: sure what sober living home it actually what is so i was court enough?
1: mandated last time i got out of jail was February 4th 2015 and I was court mandated to uh to live in sober living because well number one I didn't have anywhere else to go I was in a in a uh, in a court program I was in drug court and I was in an IOP so it was like part of that was being in a sober living home and I had three bracelets I had a a, a scram bracelet scram bracelets are the they you know make sure that you don't drink they test you for alcohol Uh so in a scram bracelet I had a county and I had a uh a PNP, probation and parole bracelet, so I had to be somewhere, and I didn't have, I was homeless when I got locked up, so when they released me, they couldn't release me to the streets, so I went to sober living, and it was actually the best thing that ever happened to me, well, one of the best, (laughs) one
0: very good thing. I have a a primordial fear of being homeless. Define primordial. Uh, Primordial, (laughs) meaning... uh, It is like so deep in me that it's like a visceral feeling. Mm -hmm. So, with COVID, my friends would not have described me as homeless during my transition because I moved into a van and then I couch surfed. And um, I, that, I, they, I wouldn't, to some people, I wouldn't be considered homeless. But the perception of other people, like the community, viewing me as such was painful. Oh, yeah. It was people's perception that really made me feel low
1: it's interesting like with yeah. with, with drug addicts and with homeless people they're like this the stigma that's the worst isn't this people's stigma towards you it's the stigma your stigma towards whatever you think you're turning into Do you know yeah. Yeah. like when I was a kid and you would hear about homeless people like you know it was such a terrible thing and we were poor people we were like one check away from being home you know but like but it was it was such a terrible thing and then drug addicts you hear about these you know, when we were coming up in the in the eighties, it was crack, and you're like these crackheads, you know, and and um, and so that's how I saw drug addicts, and then I become one, and you're like, oh shit, <laughs> and so it's it's our stigma towards what we think we're turning into is mm-hmm. worse than doesn't matter. Like, do you know what, what other people it's it's what we think about us, and it's that was one of the worst. Do you know for me?
0: Oh yeah,
1: is how I viewed myself. They had this commercial when we were coming up. You remember the egg? This is your
0: brain.
1: Yes. This is your brain on drugs. I remember watching that when I was a kid and they fucking they hit the can they hit the pan and it fries and you're like, fucking egg man, I'm frying and they're like Any questions? <laughs> yeah. and they're like, well no. And that was it though. That was it. They say one and, and the idea was that and you're a kid and you're like, Oh no, I better not do drugs and then and then there's this campaign that says just say no and that was the end oh all I gotta do is say no, brilliant. Yeah. And then you're addicted to drugs. And you're like, well, no, I couldn't say no like they said like, yeah. like I should have.
0: Well, that's a pretty useless campaign. Oh, that's a I've dumbest been...
1: shit. The all fucking yeah. worst yeah. campaign ever because it made me feel like if I can't say no, then yeah. I'm, then I'm, everybody else is saying no. Yeah. And I remember that guy, and I used to get high with that guy in high school, and how come he's fucking on a billboard selling real estate, and I'm fucking searching for cigarette butts on the ground and dope sick from heroin. Like, do you know why is that? Did he just say no, and I couldn't do that? So it makes you, that campaign, like, Painted this picture like number one, you're fucked if you're ever addicted to drugs mm-hmm. because you do fry your brain, of course. But there, you can grow a new brain. Nobody told you that, you know. And then, yeah. and then there's, uh, and then like number two, that if you don't say no, that there's something wrong with you. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. You know. And so it was, it was that that whole gig. And then plus how I saw drug addicts when you hear like how I painted drug addicts in my head, I, you know, I'm like, fuck, I'm probably the worst. You know, and you would get clean when I would get clean, I would I would remember that egg, and I would remember that, and I'm like, well, cool, even if I'm clean, who the, what am I going to do now? I, burnt, I fried my freaking brain, you know?
0: Does addiction run in your family? It
1: does, but I don't like the idea that, you know, because my granny was like, you know, my parents, they're like, your grandpa was an alcoholic, so you're going to be, or there's a chance that you could be, and this is weird. Do you know when you're a kid, and and then then because chances are you're probably gonna drink, and when you do, you're like, up here we go, you know, and like Mm -hmm. your path is already set out for you, they've like painted this weird thing, like, and my dad was a alcoholic and he still is, and and so like it like I I I, it's it's because I don't want to, it is not my grandpa's fault, it's my dad's fault, it's anybody's fault that like or it wasn't, you know, I I don't I don't you know there's you know there's this genetics, and then there's the epigenetics, and like it's it's me, right? So, like, yeah. when I was like, when I was an addict, when I was using an, an alcoholic, I, I, I uh, that's when I was like, well, it was, that's what it's you know, like, know, yeah. it was supposed to, you know. I
0: mean, as far as it being genetic, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm a, I'm a caveman, I don't have any yeah. data on that. I would see it more as an environmental thing, yeah. Because, I mean, I grew up around it, I grew up around. Um, drug usage and alcoholism and I think it's more of a an environmental imprint mm-hmm. because I have some baggage you know relating to that that as a child yeah so I was wondering if that was uh, you know did you have any response to that as a child
1: I think it was the behavior do you know so like if you you know it was interesting it was, you know drinking when you're when you're you know your dad's drinking it doesn't it's not you could be a happy drunk you could be a silly drunk you would be an angry drunk mm-hmm. it, was, it was it was so take the alcohol out of it like it's how he behaved yeah. so you know and it was him whooping on us and then it was my mom trying to protect us and then him whooping her and, you know and yeah. and so it was it was all of that stuff I don't mean, think like, I just whether it was alcohol or not I don't know I just know that like it was it was how it, what, what what impacted me was what he did when he was on it Do you know
0: yeah and then also we were talking about before we started recording about how it's the, the, you know the drugs and alcohol is a symptom of something else uh-huh. I mean what was he suffering with that we you know do you I mean
1: he uh, I, I don't know I can't speak yeah s- specific to it but who cares yeah <laughs> yeah when, when you start like hurting other people mm-hmm. right yeah, i we all suffer from things man and, and like some of the most entre- some of the best entrepreneurs in the in the world like understand that suffering is part of growing right mm-hmm. so it's okay to suffer Right. It's a, That's actually and,
0: a good. You're right. It's yeah. a good
1: mantra. Yeah, oh, man. and it's and they're like, what do you, what do you willing, how, how much are you willing to suffer mm-hmm. for what you want? Do you know? So like, if yeah. you can, you can put it like anywhere, and it's, it's still whatever he was suffering from, that do you know that wasn't the way to go about that? Do you I know?
0: Mean, yeah, I mean, I can definitely say like for my life, my formative moments that have shaped me, I think for the better in the long run, uh-huh. w- weren't squishy moments, happy moments. They oh. were moments where I hit the bottom. Yeah. And those were the formative things that sort of changed my character for uh-huh. the better. Meaning once I developed a recovery process out of it, I, you know, yeah. that's what changed me. It was the traumas of my life, you know. So um, I wanted to, let's back it up then. We, I, I wanted to ask you about your origin story because your origin story is compelling. So for people listening that don't know Grant, you know, he is serving the Reno community in pretty amazing ways. And, um, but a lot of people don't know his backstory. So can we rewind you back to when you were a little guy? Like, where did you, you know, how did you come up be- like life before sobriety, like as a child and, in, you know, growing up in Vegas?
1: Um, so I was in a, I was part of a big family. We were, uh, and you know you gotta got be mindful of what you, especially when it comes to religion, belief systems. Mm-hmm. When you're telling your story, that people don't attach it to that religion. Or that could be any religion. Could have been, could have been Buddhist, Could have been whatever. But I Christian, Catholic, whatever. But in, in this setting, I was LDS. I was Mormon. I was raised in a Mormon family, mm-hmm. and uh, and and you could just take that and you know put it anywhere. It could be. Catholic family doesn't matter. Uh, it was a belief system that uh, that um, where we had to present well, Do you know. And so my dad's bad. There's there's seven boys, one girl in the family, and then coming up, it was it was you know you don't get a lot of attention. You don't. It's just part of it. Do you know you, you, your mom's? You know the attention she's spread thin. She's got one baby in her stomach, one baby in her arm, one baby in her hand. Yeah. And this one's learning how to change that one's diaper, so we can. Do you know there's there's so. Uh, but it was, a, it was, my dad was really abusive. He used to, there was a couple me and my brother JD just really, for whatever reason, Do you know, um, he kind of laser focused on us and then he would whoop on my mom when she would try to protect us. And, and maybe it was just the timing. My older brother was, you know, the oldest was his namesake, Junior. And then he got us two little weirdo middle kids, mm-hmm. you know, and then after me was the girl and then the, the the youngest one. So I think we were just right about that. Like, you know, if anyone's gonna get beat, it's gonna be these guys. And uh, so I, uh, so he was he was abusive, he was an alcoholic, all these things, and it was interesting because we we're still active in the church. You know, this guy, I would always think, you know, because they would always say, like, when you, the bishop, when you would interview your dad to baptize one of the kids, and this happened every year because, you know, we were like, every kid was a year apart. They say like, don't lie because he'll be able to. The bishop can know; he knows when you're lying. And so God will tell him. Do you know or Jesus will be like, hey, this kid's a liar. Do you know or whatever, whatever the process happens. Yeah. Like, them and the, the three guys, the Trinity there, but like, um, but like, uh, and I remember like wondering like, how come you go in these interviews and the bishop would be like, all right, you guys are good. Do you know these interviews where you would be qualified to 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 baptize us because you got to be a you know, you know, man of faith to baptize, and the night before, dad's drinking and whooping on mom and us, and then the next day, he's baptizing us and going these in. You're like, hey,
0: you're getting a lot of confusing dad. Yeah, you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. I
1: remember sitting outside the bishop's office, like they're gonna sniff his ass out. And then he comes out and they're like, well done, congratulations, brother Denton You like, yay, hey, something's wrong, dude. Anyways, uh, so you know, you fast forward, weird, weird, confusing, mixed messages, not quite understanding things. And then they put me in a... Um, so, but haven't said... it. So, like, I'm going to try to abbreviate this, but it... You don't have to abbreviate it. Um, You can my, or can't. I mean, <laughs> I got all
0: day, but I didn't want to take too much of your time, but so, I, I got all day.
1: So my aunt... And, and, I, and I, I'm going to show you a picture okay. right now because she just sent it to me. She's one of my... She's one of my <laughs> roll dogs, dude. She, <laughs> she's the fucking homie. And uh, so my aunt... Where's she at? Um, that's my that's my family right there. Oh right? Yeah. Here's my aunt when she was 14. Oh my gosh! I'm right next to her on the right. You see, see that? You? That's me. Yeah,
0: dude. You see my hair? You look exactly
1: the same. <laughs> you haven't changed at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, what a cute family.
1: Yeah. So that's Very cute. that's us. And there's still two after this guy. Yeah. There's still two more. Yeah. Right. Uh uh-huh. um, So my aunt was my. She was just. I remember one time she like came to the door. My mom always talks about, you know, like this is like just a, like my mom always talks about when my aunt came to the door. She was a bodybuilder, right? And she was like my hero. She just gave me the, gave me the most attention. Was just like took me to wet and wild, and just she gave me a. That's her right there. Wow. Yeah.
0: From what year is that? That's in
1: 1980. I don't know, 82, I just 83. I'm
0: scrambling my ear, and I don't know why. So let me just adjust that really fast. Okay. So my yeah. so my
1: aunt was a bodybuilder. She went to BYU, played basketball, was just a badass, and I totally like looked up. like she was, we were close, and uh, and she gave me. You can talk to her now. She gave me the special attention, other than all the all the other kids. And like you know, one time she came to the door, and my my mom opened the door, and I was, and I had my shirt off, you know, and my aunt was like, oh my god, look at this. She grabbed my arms. She potted on my chest and like, look at him, look at those muscles and look at the abs. And she slapped my abs and I was like She's like, what? You know, my kid, my brothers fucked with me a lot because my playmate was my sister. So I was in ballet and yeah. I was like, I was like uh, you know, they you know they called me a girl. I'm like, yeah, you're a girl, and she, you know, and I didn't give a shit because my mom loved me, my mom liked me, and my aunt Kathy gave me attention so I didn't really give a fuck you know I was like whatever yeah. screw you guys and uh <laughs> but so I was real I, dude my aunt and I were real close and then one one day uh my mom sits us all it was, it was about that you've seen the picture it was we were about that age my mom sits us all down ah no it was a little later than that because there was eight of us but like my mom sits us down and she sits the kids down and she's crying and when when your mom's crying you're 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 crying like what you know my dad's standing behind her. and He's, he's always pissed. He's always pissed at something. Something had this dude mad all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we're, we're sitting, you know, she's crying. She's like, You guys, I have terrible news. And we're like, What? What is it? And she's like, Your Aunt Kathy. And we're like, What? She's a lesbian. <laughs> and we're like, No, no, what's a lesbian? Nobody knew what the fucking lesbian was, you know? <laughs> and um, and she and my dad's standing behind her, and my dad's oh, like, no. "Oh, dude, and my dad is—he's a, a piece of shit, dude." And well, I don't know what he's, what he's now, but then you know, and he's like, "Your your aunt's a faggot," and we didn't know it. What, what I still didn't know—I mean, I heard it. I heard him say it, but it was only when we were driving. He's we like, "Fucking faggots you know. And so we're like, we like—we didn't know what it was. We go to school and we find out there's people of the same sex that like each other, and that's bad. Right, and so, so, um, so you never see her again. The family disowns her, and yeah, and, and it, you know we're talking about mixed messages like that felt wrong. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. Oh, do you, and you and um. I
0: mean, I was raised Catholic, and we had it's a whole different structure of shame and guilt. Oh, for fuck's I mean, sake! I mean, I had too. my favorite uncle was closeted for you know almost his whole life. Yeah. Oh, and my my. It was granny. a very different time.
1: Oh yeah, and they carried this thing. Yeah, he like, suffered
0: a lot because of it too. She'll recover. Yeah, she'll recover. My granny always <laughs> like
1: she'll change. It's, it's all- a phase. Just get. She's going through this weird lesbian. Grandma,
0: it's, a- yeah. gonna
1: a phase. it's gonna
0: be a long phase. It's gonna be a long granny I think. I don't know, uh, but I,
1: and, but that was like the belief system. Then. Yeah, I remember my papa who was just like a god fearing. One of the great. He'll give you the shirt off his back, and I remember like sitting in the van with him, be like, "Okay, papa, um, so." Kathy is a very, very good person, she's always helpful, she's loving, she's doing wonderful things, and when she goes, when she passes, she's, because that was her thing, like, she, she better figure this out or else she's going to go to hell, like, you, you know, that's like the thing, you better figure it out now or else you're going to go to hell, and um, I just couldn't see it, and I remember asking him, because he's one of the most reasonable men you'll ever meet, and it's not, and I asked him, like, Papa, like, you're just, is she really going to go to hell, and he was like, well, yeah. I'm like, are you you even a kid? I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. That's not that doesn't make sense. Yeah. I don't see them pulling the lever of the pearly gates be I mean, like, ah well you're a great guy, you're a great gal, you did wonderful things, but uh you're a lesbian, like ah and they dropped down it didn't yeah. that doesn't make sense and I mean, uh,
0: there's a lot of cognitive dissonance in uh, some religious ideologies, oh, that's for sure. Yeah. Doesn't I mean, make any sense. Yeah, no, not at yeah. all.
1: And uh and and uh but then and then so you fast forward a few years later. The guy i'm I'm taking piano lessons in uh I was eleven it's and and the guy ends up molesting me and he's a guy from the church do you know he's like everybody res- uh, he was uh he's like a well respected organist and uh and it was for the for a summer before the seventh grade uh, yeah and uh and the thing was is that like when he's you, you know it's never like it was what wasn't like Right out of the gate, it was just all these weird things, do you know. And it was just, uh, and then you, you don't question it, but you but you feel like it's something that you're supposed to be doing, and you're just like, okay. And you want you know you want to please adults, do you know. And so that it, it happens, but like as you know, my mom always told us she was like, well, if anybody ever messes with you sexually, you tell me, because my mom was molested by her uncle so she felt really strongly about that. But like, I know what my family does to gays and what this guy was doing made me gay. So I was like, well, so you wait this, you know, you wait it out and eventually it gets bad enough. Do you know where you're like, you can, I can, I would rather have my family do, you know, kick me out than what this guy's doing. And, um. That but, is
0: so evil. I mean, yeah. obviously it's the psychological control over somebody Mm -hmm. little like a little person yeah I mean that is the most uh, it's just a it's a vile thing it's like a thing that will keep again we talked about how it will keep reactivating oh yeah and I mean it's traumatic enough for the child to try to process yeah and um, just again we know we talked about earlier have to disassociate so that they can Mm -hmm. survive it oh yeah and then it's just it's just incomprehensible to me and yet it's so pervasive you know, yeah. Uh, but I'm um, again, as we talked about earlier, I'm really glad that you mentioned it. Speaking as a man, because we were saying how in the culture, women are more keen to open up with their feelings. Keen, maybe is the wrong word, but <laughs> <laughs> we're, just, we're just designed to be more open and yeah. talk about you know uh, our emotions, and um, men rarely will talk about these situations, and I don't think they're uncommon. And I think it's something that by you speaking about it, um, I think maybe it'll help maybe somebody that's listening or, um, I don't know, somebody that maybe is, you know, somebody that maybe ha- has something in their life that they want to address and work on healing it. So I'm glad that you brought it up. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, I, I think that uh, you're probably. We're, I think as long as you're alive you're going to be running through these. this and I would call it a crisis sometimes it's a crisis where you're like who the fuck am I? Mm-hmm. you know but you're like especially like you know when you're transitioning from being a drug addict to trying to be a normal person what do you consider normal? and when you're a drug addict there's no like there's you, you can't really put your finger on normal do you know like yeah. how you feel normal where you're emotionally at where you are in, in, in lack like it's it's difficult I think regular you know people that don't use have problems putting you know putting their finger on normal like where well, is it
0: how did you get into so you had a very I feel traumatic childhood yeah raised around a lot of violence a lot of conflicting ideologies because uh-huh. of the church um, untrustworthy figures in church obvious for obvious reasons yeah sexual trauma um, how did you how did you um as a young adult like like what started to form your relationship with? Drugs and alcohol. Like, how did you start using
1: it? So, I so r- right after that, I remember telling my mom, and my mom, instead of calling the police, she called uh, the church. Church moves this guy, and
0: and it, 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 they do that in the Catholic Church too. They, yeah, they have yeah. a relocation program. Uh,
1: yeah, it's a fucking program. man yeah. they're like, ah, that's really, all right, let's. It's it. pretty gross. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so they they move him, and it was you know back you know Vegas. They moved him up to the out west, and um and uh, but they moved him and that was it that was it when I was like fuck you fuck you, fuck you. Mm-hmm. My, my mom was supposed to protect me my daddy never really like, whatever he's you know he's consistently a bum do you know what I mean and so
0: on top of all this now you feel betrayed by the family
1: oh yeah uh-huh. family church so with all these people you're supposed to trust
0: mm-hmm.
1: fuck you and so who do you trust now well I was raised in a, um, it was a lower income neighborhood so it was like was raised, you know, in the hood. And so I'd rather trust those guys because those guys are protect me. In order to get in this gang, they had to jump you in, right? And and they're not jumping you in because they want to beat you up. They're jumping you in because they want to see what you're willing to take for the group, right? Are you willing to take this beating for the homies? Do you know what I mean? Oh, so
0: you got into, like, gang activity. Yeah, yeah. How old were you when that started happening? Uh,
1: about 13, 14, yeah.
0: Oh, I just got to chill.
1: Well, so, and, but these guys are the guys that are gonna protect you. Yeah. These guys, like, no one's fucking with me when my, with my with these dudes, and and you know it. And I know that, like, that anybody, you, anybody messes with anybody in this clique, we all come. you know? And so that's safety. That's mm-hmm. safety. Like I felt safe with those guys, and the and you know a lot of those guys drank. And we did drugs, and well, they didn't do drugs because you. You know, because you're like, I don't like drugs. You do drugs because you get fucking high. And it was part of the gig. And it was I remember the first time I did meth. Meth is fucking the worst. It was, you know. Oh, I thought burnt. you were going to say it was awesome. Oh, well, <laughs> no, no, no. Well, so doing it
0: <laughs> so is the worst. Okay. I remember
1: snorting; it would just burn so bad. Like, that's not something that you would move towards. You know, like. Wake up and I'm like, I can't wait to do math. <laughs> but then, but you know, this guy Danny was doing it. I remember fucking Danny was a badass man, and every you know, and so I wanted Danny to like me. So I'm just snorting, rails off the thing in a the Smith's. Uh, uh, they had a little restaurant. Anyways, uh, but like, it, yeah, that's it fucking great. Drugs are good. Drugs feel really fucking good. And 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 uh, and and that's that was it. Like you didn't move to it because. I wanted to be a drug had of new moods because it, it was number one the group was doing it this is what all the boys are doing yeah. you know yeah and then and then you know and i feel safe with these guys so i don't want to like i don't want to step out of this group they protect me you know
0: yeah
1: of course we're fighting a lot but that's like us building our brand that's us being taught like you know you better fucking fight and that's it do you know and you gotta back each other up and you gotta be willing to take your out get your ass with. and that's why They jump you in. Like, what are you willing to take to be part of this group? You know? Of course. And, um.
0: I mean, that's not, that's an, I mean, it's a sick way of saying it, but it's logical. Oh, it makes sense. Yeah.
1: Right? I'd rather be in a group that protects me than a group that fucking. Right. Leaves you. I mean, like, the
0: ultimate betrayal is when your family betrays you, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and I, 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 it's such a common thing. Oh, yeah. You know, people wonder why people get involved with, you know, we're talking about drugs and alcohol, bad relationships, you know, it's, because they're looking for what you talked about. Uh-huh. That sense of, like, relief, connection,
1: it, it like, and, and you look at drugs, right? Um, every time. then it got to where, like, of course I wasn't, didn't become a drug addict right out of the gate, but, like, that whole process of not, like, and I, I didn't use drugs to, be because just for, like, I started to use them as, um, as uh, a way to process things. You know? or we didn't to not process things. Mm-hmm. So like I started to use them differently and I didn't really become an addict. Like, of course I was always, you know, you know, you went through your party phase here, you go through another phase here and then you realize, Oh fuck dude, I'm drinking way too much. And then you stop that and you go through a clean phase and you adopt this cocaine habit. And you're yeah. like, wah, wah. You know, and then,
0: okay. I mean, not that I want to campaign for drugs, but there's, they, they do have a feeling of, um, they, they attract you with glamour, too.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, and you got, like, you know, you got, you're in the, I worked in the nightclubs. So I was a, mm-hmm. I walked on stilts and was a fire breather in nightclubs on cool. the strip. Oh, dude, it's great. Yeah. Uh, for the time. Man. Yeah. And we made really good money. We partied fucking hard. Yeah. But that's not a good platform to start, like, real life out of. Do you know? I'm, yeah. So I'm 24 and I stopped doing that <laughs> because I, I'm going to have a son. And the. I started, I became an electrician. We got into a house. Me and my wife at the time got into a house and I was going to be this dad, but but I hadn't like learned how to process things. So like when something, you know, would happen and I would I'd drink a little bit and then, then I busted my hand and I, these pills are fucking great, Do you know, because not only did they take the pain away from my hand, but it kind of like, man, it felt good, dude, Do you know? And so I went from snorting or from taking pills, half a pill, Whole pill to snorting and eventually lose. Are you pain. talking about like oxy? Oh yeah. Kind of stuff? Okay. Oh dude, that was when it was hot. Yeah. It was hot. <laughs> okay. Everybody. I mean, that was the shit. And, yeah. You know, we're we're going to the doctors. We have fake scripts. You know, we're we're, we're doctor shopping. We're doing the whole game. We're making and it was like it was unchecked. People didn't realize how bad it was then. It was what 2000, 2005 or four to about two thousand and eight, and it was just hot. That whole like the pill market was blowing
0: up we were going to you know get i pills say, like and, oxy was unleashed really oh yeah. dude we
1: we're getting pills in vegas yeah. uh on a fake script and then going to uh seattle and selling them for a buck a, a buck a milligram you got 30 milligram pills and you got about 180 you're gonna make some cheddar do you know and mm-hmm. so but then you know and then you come back and you want to be efficient with our drug use and so we start doing heroin Right, so heroin's cheap, gets a super high. And like just we're, like the drug addict we're very, stuff. very, very, yeah, Logic, we're super yeah. smart, obviously. Yeah. Um, and we're like, here's what we're gonna do. Like when you're sitting with your friends, you are like, dude, all right, here's what we're gonna do. Let's start doing heroin, and and it made sense, like it did. And so and then we start, you know, you start shooting up, and then once you once you shoot, it's a wrap. It's a fucking wrap because it turns into this ritual now, right? So it's not even just the drugs getting. In your fucking gr- grid, right? It's not just the drugs; it's the ritual of the drugs. You get the dope, you throw on the spoon, you cook it, right? And, you, and I was doing heroin and meth, so I would, and I would, take the meth and I'd sprinkle it in there, and you drop your cotton ball, boom, and you pull, and when you fucking pull. You watch it spiraling, you know, you watch it pull in, and then you, when you hit that vein, do you know? when there's this ritual. So I'm high the second I throw I throw it in the spoon I'm high the second oh your brain's here.
0: already like having a
1: dopamine oh, response to that yeah the, yeah okay. the second you put the dope yeah. in my hand mm-hmm. I already feel it I'm not sick anymore do you know what I mean and then it turns into like I'm not getting, doing fucking drugs because I want to get high I'm doing drugs to get well say I'm doing it to get well mm. just you know mm-hmm. and you were and so like that was it and like and, and, and just fucking hitting me and it's this huge warm hug do you know just wraps
0: its arms around well, you. Well, it like, has to be good or else there wouldn't be so many people Get the fuck out of here. It's great, you right, know? <laughs> right, I mean, there's got to be an appeal for it. I mean, oh, yeah.
1: Like, I, dude, I remember I was in a, um, you think about, like, your lowest fucking times, and you, and so if you say it to somebody that's never been homeless or addicted, people are like, are you f- shitting me? That's happened. But, like, when you're in it, it's just part of the gig, right? So, like, we look at people and we're like, ah, that homeless guy's Suffering right now because he's digging through a dumpster and he's chewing his ear off and all this shit. But is he though, mate? But like right now, he's like he's just he's 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 in a like he's kind of that's where he like he that's you know, his gig right now. That's his fucking gig, yeah dude. Like I so I you know part of I remember one time I part of like being in the circles we all burn each other. You know it's just the gig right. You hmm. I bed, don't know what you mean
0: by that. What do you mean?
1: You're stealing from each other. As long as oh. so I could steal from... I'll take your fucking headphones this morning. As long as, <laughs> as, long as I smoke you out tonight, we're good. Do you know okay. what I mean? Right. So you're not mm-hmm. operating the most integrity, right? right. And what's, what's the most important to us is getting you Again, like a
0: junkie morality you know Oh something, yeah. right? But you know it,
1: right? Yeah. You know someone's going to burn you, but it mm-hmm. feels good to kind of trust somebody for a second, and then right. they burn you. And you know, like, when you see, Like, it's just... It's part of the gig. It's accepted, right? You go down to the, you know, the homeless world, it's your you're like in the addicted world, you will get your shit stolen from you. That's it. Like and, and it's that's how we kind of shop, right? You're there's not too much, you know, integrity floating around in the in the drug drug world, you know? Like
0: So when did you so you to mention that you were homeless, how did you end up was that your rock bottom when you were on the street? No oh it gets rock <laughs> bottom it gets rock bottom so, well so if you look, look
1: at it like the rock the street that's just what you accept and that becomes your identity right and so like lose your job if you don't process why you lost your fucking job well maybe it's because i'm doing drugs um then i should stop doing drugs but if you don't do that then it just becomes normal for you to lose jobs and then you lose your wife and your family if you don't process why i'm like ah it's probably because i'm losing my job and i'm a drug addict um, maybe I should stop doing drugs and get my shit together. And if you don't do that, then relationships becomes your identity. So that's who you are. You better be careful how often you do shit without checking it because that's who you turn into. And so eventually, over the course of years, you're at a fucking bus stop with nothing, you know? And, 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 um, and, and but that's who you are, right? And you just, so like I was, um, so it wasn't a rock bottom for me. Yeah, it sucked, especially when I wasn't high. You know, like, mm-hmm. life sucks when I'm not high, and so I would have to get well, and so I'd get high. So it wasn't like, I just knew that when I wasn't high, life would suck. So it wasn't like rock bottom for me. Like, rock bottom for me.
0: Okay, I don't mean to go t- sidetrack too much about this homeless thing, but mm-hmm. you're homeless in Vegas, mm-hmm. right? What would be a typical day to, like, just exist? Like, what would you be doing?
1: So, I am, it, d- it depends. So it's, Is that you know, a
0: weird question? No,
1: no. So you you find yourself so all over the place, right? So it depends, right? So have I linked up with other low-toned people of you know of that are like me and gone to a you know sometimes you'll be in hotels or a trap house or you know wherever you know and and so it just depends like or you know and you're there and for weeks, days, months. Sometimes you find yourself. I was talking about these vortexes, right? Mm -hmm. Where you just like you can't fucking leave and you're with a bunch of other drug addicts in this fucking trap house and everybody fucking hates each other. Do you know? Oh Yeah. I,
0: yeah. Uh, well, it sounds like a very weird, like, hell realm. It, like a, its own sort of bardo, you know? Oh, like yeah. You're in some yeah. sort of way station, it sounds like. Yeah, dude. That's was, really strange.
1: Um, but you're, you're bought into it and you accept it. Like, that's just right. what it is. Like, anytime right. you, anytime you shoot heroin, there's a risk, an uh, unspoken risk assessment that, like, this might kill me. But you do it anyways. Do you know? Anytime you rob somebody, you, well, dude, you I know, could get killed. But you do it anyways. Do you know? Because you already, you already know. No, actually, says. I don't know.
0: But. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> come to think of it. Uh, but that's why I'm so curious because I feel like you have lived a very different kind of life than what a lot of people that I know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're sitting here in front of me, nobody would know that, though. Mm. Like you're walking around, like it looks like you're a picture of health. You got a glow, got a little twinkle. I uh, got a lot of energy, you know. So I don't think anybody would actually know that you have that background if they if you wouldn't ha- if you wouldn't share that. Mm-hmm. So that's what's interesting.
1: But so I wanted so my rock bottom though, yeah, was when my granny wrote me a letter. So I was locked up. When You get locked up, you campaign, you know. So like so campaign. So you start writing people to put money on your books. You go to jail and you're indigent. And you're just going to, you know...
0: Wait, what is the definition of indigent? Nothing. You got
1: nothing. I wow. don't know the actual definition. I mean, it, it just...
0: Meaning, you've got no assets, you've got no cash, you've got nothing. Yeah, you don't have any... Okay. Yeah, you. No home, nothing. No. Yeah. You were that status mm-hmm. in jail? Oh, yeah. Wow. Anyways, please go on. So,
1: so when I'm out on the streets, I, I can rob people take shit I can steal from stores I can yeah that's your the, yeah, that's your
0: economy that was my right, gig right. so when I
1: so, I, so I'm, I I have access to shit when I'm off the, when I'm on the streets but when you get in jail like, you know but my granny every once in a while would like support me she would like I would forget my kids birthdays and she would like send them cards and sign my name and I would uh, you know I, I would every once in a while I'll call her and be like granny I need some groceries and she'd get me groceries or she'd get me a room you know, weekly for a, for a week, right? Or she would like, every once in a while, granny would help me. She'd be like, hey, can you come paint the fence? And I'd paint a portion of the fence and she would give me $40. You know, it was, yeah. and, but my granny always like went to bat for me, always tried to help me. And then one day she, I wrote her a letter at, when I was locked up asking for her to put money on my books. And she was like, I'm not gonna, I can't support you anymore. That was rock bottom. Rock bottom was like losing my granny you know yeah, that was it I was, that was when I was like oh shit and of course I go like Granny you don't love me you know <laughs> mm-hmm. you're just like all oh, the others and then you, you leave me behind and my Granny was like I'm not going to send you like I, I, I do love you I'm not going to send you is my,
0: that a th- I mean my first response would be like that sounds like a healthy like a person making a healthy boundary you know who themselves? told her to do that was my aunt okay my aunt's her, her daughter yeah
1: so my and, and my aunt was like, y- like you've got to cut him off. I mean, now You're you look back
0: him. and go, that was fair. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: That's yeah. I think mean. that's what like parents needed. I drug my mom through it. I drug my granny through it. Like anybody that was engaged, I drug them through the shit and I punished them. Do you know? Like,
0: can you get sober in jail? Yeah, that's why I got sober. Um, again, that's like a different world culture. I only know through like media. You yeah. know, So, what? So you're in jail. Are you ready to get sober at this point?
1: So that takes a minute. Right? Okay. It's like three months. You go in there and you program. Like you start program. So because I was supposed to go to prison. So I'd be good in prison. I'm tough. I'm fucking good at politics. I speak well. Uh-huh. Like I know how to fight. So like, fuck yeah, bring it, dude. Do you know? Mm-hmm. So I wasn't even. I just my head shifted to to moving in that direction. Like all right, cool. And then, but um, but my granny when she when she wrote me that letter. And then she was like, I'm not going to send you money, but I'll send you books. I was like, what the fuck is it? Stop. So, then I, uh, so I, you know, I, I stopped writing my granny. Because I was like, the world hates me. I even thought, like, I'm going to change my last name. I don't want to be a debt anymore. Fucking, dude, yeah, I did like <laughs> Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> anti- I'm done. I'm yeah, yeah. Um, but then, uh, then I read this. Uh, by chance, I had a, a, it was a hardback book, like this big. And I used it to like to write because was, it was weird as I was trying to learn how to write the truth. Because I, I lied my whole I fucking lied to everybody. And when I was in intake, I called seven different people and told them seven different stories of why I was locked up. And there's this like, you know, black dude, was probably a crackhead, older brother, crackhead dude. And he's standing over there and he was like, motherfucker, you a lie. <laughs> I'm like, I looked at him like, man, who the <laughs> fuck are you talking to? He was like, you a motherfucking lie! I seen you talk to seven different people and you said seven different stories. You a motherfucking liar. And I and I of course Stanger I talked to you. Call me out. And yeah. then so when I got locked, when I, you know, went to my uh we wasn't a cell, it was a dorm room, but when I went to this dorm room, like uh I was like, dude, man. And I knew he was right, you know, so I would try to write the truth and I couldn't even write the truth. That's how fucking so far I was, like I couldn't even write it. Nobody's around. Nobody knew the real story. It's just me. I tried to write the truth and couldn't fucking write it. My hands wouldn't. It was it. it was crazy. And then I'm like, and processing it. I start crying. And like, it was fucking crazy. And I and so, but I was doing it on this. I found this book so I could lay down in my on my bunk and do it. This book was this hardback um, book on on Wicked. It was a Wicked book. Fucking witchcraft, dude. And so, like, but it was hardback, so I could lay down, and I could write on it, and then one day, I'm, like, I'm looking at it, and I want, I open it up, and I start thumbing through it, and, yeah, there, there's some spell shit, they're casting spells in this fucking thing, but there was a thing on grounding, and it, it talked to
0: me. I was, like, me. there's some good stuff in Oh, dude, no bullshit. Oh, yeah. So that's what it was. It yeah, told me, speaking uh, as a pagan, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. Oh, King dude, cat. man, I, I put it
1: down, I remember putting it down, and I was just, thought I would give it a shot, because I had, a, you know, you, you know, we're locked, I don't even do you better try some shit. I was going to cast some spells on folks. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) But I like put it it down and it talked about being grounded. And so like, I'll never, you put your heels on the ground and you breathe. You take these breaths and it was like, you count your breaths and you visualize your feet shooting roots through the ground. And you feel the roots taking hold and it goes up and it, it, you know, and I visualize my, my, my branches and it was like telling you to feel and I'm reading it and doing
0: it and in a jail it. cell oh yeah in a dorm yeah
1: yeah and, and I'm fucking reading it and feeling it of course my hands are out with it. <laughs> but like but um and I could feel the wind through my uh, leaves and I could feel it and I remember I started to cry and I was like there was a lot of crying right, going on and I earned every fucking tear for sure like I accepted that like at first you're like man what's wrong with me man why am I crying like I just,
0: motherfucker you earned it yeah. you should be crying it's just like a cleaning clearing yeah concept. it's good yeah and I learned
1: that in there too and I and, and, and I was like what the fuck just happened because I'm like can I you, know, you look at the clock because you're always paying attention to time when you're locked up like when's lunch coming when's dinner coming when's the mail when's the day room you know and I looked at it and it was man it was like an hour had gone by where I was just still in that I'm like what the fuck so I wrote my granny a letter I'm like please send me books on mindfulness and meditation and being grounded so she sent books on that and then she started sending books on uh, so every book you read like has a footnote of a, this came from this book and you know, I was like okay send me this book and then so then I just so that's when I'm, like shit started to change was when when I started to started to read and learn different think different because I was already bought into the idea that like I'm, I'm a convict do you know you know
0: it's, I'm glad that you actually touched upon all this because one of my questions for you was about do you have a Spiritual practice—it kind of sounds like you're leading into something that I'm a big fan of, which is again, I have I have magical. I, I'm all about magic, but mm-hmm. uh, high magic, meaning the type of like personal transformation, not sorcery where you think you can cast spells on people. But, I mean, but more about the, the inner work. Yeah. And um, both of my magical mentors talk about meditation as the foundation. Is this something that you practice?
1: Um. Uh so in the mornings I, so here's my belief system through. I didn't I've mean read. to stop your flow oh, about no, when you were no. back there but I was um, curious like
0: did you adopt a spiritual practice while you were in jail
1: I did and it was meditation now I don't meditate as much um, every morning I wake up and I have a ritual like a routine mm-hmm. that I where I smash some coffee and I listen to an audio book and take notes I learn every morning I feel like that's the thing too right so I read this book on universal love I think and what we put out, what comes back to us, and it talks about the soul, and um, Paramahansa Yogananda had a book called Big Yadda fan. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, I, and I read that, and I was like, it was like a Bible to me, and I was in, and I, I learned how to learn, like, when I was a kid, I thought I was stupid, so, because I couldn't fucking sit still, do you know, and I would read a chapter and not know what the fuck I read, and then read it again and not remember anything, and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? And so, like, I would have to, I would, Take things from this book, and I would write it down. I'd say a sentence and write it down. And then if I didn't know the word, I would like look it up in the dictionary because I got time, right? I got time yeah. to do this shit. Yeah, so nothing but time to get nothing but time. I'm gonna crush it. So <laughs> boom! I write it down, and and all the, and, um, and anyway. So I learned about like these things. so I believed in the, in the, the, the this. So my practice became learning, right? Learning, learning, learning. Mm-hmm. I don't meditate as much now as I used to but the practice and and meditation could be in my workouts like I train a lot it could be in the learning process it could just be being quiet for a minute and and having things come in so like it just depends on how you see it but I don't really meditate when I'm just (sighs) sitting
0: like Like that like that Raja Yoga Uh, yeah single pointed focus sitting still Yeah. yeah but
1: my spiritual like belief is that like and I got it from and what I picked up from it is that like we we have our souls and they have a journey and it falls on me to like, to uh, you know, to evolve this soul and teach this soul as much as it as I can in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. So like, if you look at from eleven to thirty, fucking six, I was a, was a, I wasn't a good person. I wasn't doing good things to myself, and, other, and, and I don't give a shit. You could stay in a room and fuck yourself up, you know, and just do damage to yourself, and you're hurting somebody else. It's never just you hurting somebody who loves you, do you know? So it's never just you. And so like I've done so much damage that like, if I believe that like, what I put out is what comes back. And then if I'm trying to evolve my soul for the next life, I'm gonna prepare this guy for the next one, right? So like when- I very when
0: strongly I, believe that too. Yeah,
1: when I do pass, yes. like I want this b- to be the most prepared to go into the next life, whatever it is, do you know? And, and that so it falls on me to evolve. I feel like so, you're a Buddhist. <laughs> because
0: what you like, what you just described right now. I mean, that's like a, and that's why the whole Tibetan Book of the Dead is it exists. It's to, like, coach the, the soul, and through the, uh, the the human through the death process. Yeah. To keep it conscious even after death. Yeah. So that it can choose. Yeah. So it sounds like. Without... I don't know if you are familiar. You're familiar with that? Um, So... It, it kind of sounds no, like you're going that way.
1: I'm I not familiar with that, but it makes sense. Like, so when I read the, the Dalai Lama thing, that was just... I took what works for me. I think, like, a lot of times when I was trying to recover and get clean before, when I was trying to, like, get my shit together, it was just too much information. So I had to, like, take little things that made sense to me right now. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of those make... I don't know. If the, if sure, I don't know. But I think a lot of us try to do that. We try to like figure everything out right now. And we don't. You don't have to we just take what works for you. Boom, and just make it like this. You know, Anton Chekhov. I mean, to,
0: you could literally live by that Chekhov quote and mm-hmm. live very like focus on that ethic, or that ethos, and that, do very well. That's it. So I feel like I I have been stuck in that loop before. Also, meaning I get very distra- There's so many options like spiritually uh-huh. it's easy to become like a dabbler yep. instead of just committing yeah. and it's also it's kind of like an excuse maker like if you just dabble you kind of feel like you're kind of a uh, spiritual but you're not really you're not really committing to a practice oh, yeah. and I feel like if you just kind of like triangulate on one or two you get tenants you can get a lot more out of it that's just my belief yeah I mean no. I'm just again I'm just one person but this is stuff that I'm finally starting to triangulate on. It's like I've picked a couple things that I know are going to work Just for me. Just murder it, and, yeah, yeah, and go all the way. Yeah. So, um, what you're talking about, like the whole like living to your highest order, huh? really focusing on that. Yeah. And I think that's a, I mean, that's the best way to live.
1: And and that's what we we're saying like earlier about suffering. Like I, I think like the ability to like suffer and, and learn from it and accept suffering. Right. Yeah, it's I, hard. I, yeah. I know it's true. Yeah. But it's hard. Yeah, well yeah. It's like a bitter
0: pill, but it's the truth. You better fucking
1: figure it out. Do you know, mm-hmm. okay so, so I have two boys. Um, um. I'm grateful that like they get to see me. They saw me at my worst, and, and they get to see their dad climb. And and you're and good friends I, with them still. Oh, like my kids. Good? My okay. kids? Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. They have had them for uh, four years. Do you know? Um, but uh, but they like we and, and it's they, they get to see this and they get to like um, understand this philosophy now. Do you know? Like them seeing all this and they know why now. Do you know? Yeah. So why does Dad live like this? Because of this. Do you know? Because yeah. you know what happens when you go the other way. Like when it, dude, doing dishes isn't about the fucking dishes, man. Mm-hmm. It's about carrying your weight in the group. Right. It's about creating value. Right. I can do the dishes. The fucking dishes, dude. I can do them.
0: Okay. I'm going to assume that you're a very disciplined person right now. What? But you weren't. Why oh, not? Or oh, maybe you were, but it was misdirected. Like yeah. You, you were. Di- you were always a disciplined person, but you put that energy towards like, you know, like yeah. lower order things that we were talking yeah, yeah. about. So maybe that was always your your structures that you're a very structured, orderly person. I'm guessing. Oh, I,
1: don't, I don't, I, don't know. So like you, well, I like right now. I know that if I let up in one area, so like I'm, not, I'm my thing is be careful what you allow yourself to get away with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what will it turn into? Yeah, totally. Right. So if I allow myself, and, and I do, look, just fucking bed. If I allow myself, and I didn't make my bed this morning, right? But I'm, I'm thinking of it, right? Because I know shit. If I don't, if I allow myself to do that, mm-hmm. what else will I want allow myself to do? If I allow myself to hit snooze. Mm-hmm. What else was?
0: I, and I know it I, seems I like, hit snooze four times today. Just <laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm not like you, man. I, a, I am a doughy, an undisciplined, like carbon blob right but now. I, but but I'm carbon <laughs> well, blob. Well, I can just say I'm not. am um, not a morning person.
1: But well, yeah. so but like and, and um, like I know that. So so I didn't hit snooze this morning. But my original alarm clock, and I'll show you, was to get up at at five a.m. Mm-hmm. And I... Turn that off and change it to 6:30 because I and, but I did it too when I was having trouble sleeping mm-hmm. so that I, so I set it up Do you know like mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. but I but I, I I know that and I'm not I am definitely disciplined right now but it's because I'm careful mindful of what I allow myself to get away with mm-hmm. which uh, which is has a different has a bad side which is when I that I don't rest enough sometimes Do you know right,
0: right. it's like and, a, a obsessive type oh, dude, mind. I,
1: and, and then when I try to rest, my, my mind's like, all right, the world's outworking. Because I feel like I've been outworked by the world. So, you know, the, the earth is fucking rotating around. So, if you sit here and <laughs> you see the sun, it changed. Uh-huh. It was here, and now yeah. it's over there. And, yeah. and that's because the fucking earth is rotating around the sun. And if you don't, like, keep moving and growing, then the cosmos will punish you. Mm. They'll fucking punish you. Cause it's, it's like the, the if, if the cosmos move, we have to move with it, or else we won't grow. So we're standing here, but the earth keeps you know, the cosmos keep, keep moving. And if
0: I'm trying to imprint what you just said in my brain, that was a really cool statement, so I like that. <laughs> well, and, and I, be, I believe yeah. that, so uh-huh. like I
1: have this fear, uh, I don't know if it's a fear. yeah, maybe it's a fear, I don't know because I don't think fear is all that bad either, depending on what you do with it, right? Um, but uh, but like I if you don't move with this motherfucker, right, you you will be punished by the cosmos, and you'll get this depression, and you will get anxiety, and you'll you'll all the things that come with not evolving, right? Yeah. You gotta keep up, and and if and so like when I try to rest, I think about eleven to thirty six, and mm-hmm. I fuck my life off. So I'm like, well, some people have the luxury of resting. Maybe I don't. Do you know? Yeah.
0: And if and if you're really
1: committed to like. You know, and your and your body will shut down. <laughs>
0: yeah. Do you feel like you're making up for lost time?
1: Oh yeah, and is it the best uh, model? About
0: <laughs> but I don't. Yeah. Know. Is it even possible? <laughs> yeah,
1: I, mean, I yeah. Do, who, who who knows? But like, it's it's it's. I know where I want to be. I have a clear vision of where I want to be and what I want to do, mm-hmm. and, and and I'll get there. And I'm willing to suffer. I'm willing to like take a few beatings. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like nothing's gonna beat me than what I did. Not nothing can fuck me up worse than I've fucked myself up before mm-hmm. so if I'm going to if I'm going to suffer it's going to be in the right direction do you know
0: well what are I mean I want to ask you what your goals are now but can I hold on that so yeah. don't answer that just yet because I wanted to ask you about so now we know you've been in recovery for a while mm-hmm. how long have you been what would you your you say your status of recovery is how long have you been in that, in that program so the
1: last time I used was um, December 28th 2014 the last time I got high and so that's about. It'll be seven years.
0: Do you do like a anniversary type thing when you're like, it's not like that.
1: I so um I, I think a lot of folks do that. I don't. So I think we, we, we pay too much attention to time. It's <clears> like, <throat> what are you doing? Do you know? Mm-hmm. So um and and again it's, maybe it's not but I don't like I, I'm aware of the date when it comes. A few people in my circle are like, hey man, right on. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't. I don't like celebrating, there's no cakes or anything like that, because I don't think it's, I don't think it's about time. It's about what we're doing, and then what you're doing should speak for itself. Do you know? Yeah. I, I, I think, yeah.
0: I was asking that because a friend of mine that I was telling you about has been in the program for a long time. He, I mean, enormously successful, Mm -hmm. and again, like you, high energy, picture of health, um, Mm -hmm just vibrates on 10. Mm-hmm. He is doing exactly what he wants to do. He's very successful. He somebody that I work with in music. He's enormously talented. And uh, he I feel like he has told I think he has told me that he he's mis- missing like a chunk of his life has just gone forever. Yeah. So he works extra hard to like mm-hmm. he's basically hit all the points that you were talking about. Like he is very aware of how easily the quality of his life could slip Oh yeah. If he's not in a constant state of awareness of, you know, what he could lose. He has so much now oh, yeah. and that it just takes a couple things to kind of, you know, slip off.
1: And what was he so. the man was telling me if he takes a drink too? Yes. And that's it. So like I had a mentor tell me like, just know this the second that you like decide cause same thing with smoking cigarettes I mean, why do I need to do these things? And if I do it, um, for any reason other than to grow, then give everything back. Okay. Like, I mean, take the car take the job do you eat house.
0: junk food at all um i mean you seem like a pretty fit dude because he has cool so social that, media folks yeah. like you know obviously you're working out you're boxing sometimes yeah. do you do eat a twinkie now and then no I, I,
1: well <laughs> i well no uh i do i've you know, you eat ice cream every once in a while but like is is, is that and that's like that's for that that balance that i can i can eat ice cream mm-hmm. you know every once in a while uh, Sometimes, but I think when you get to a certain point of a uh, life, lifestyle, your diet, how you eat, and that like a Twinkie won't taste good to <laughs> you. Okay, Do you know I like, can take that. Uh, like it, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and I, yeah. So I just it's not appealing. It's mm-hmm. you know,
0: like okay. I understand okay. that sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. Can I ask you about Karma Box? Mm-hmm. So before I met you, or I knew who you were, like before I saw the boxes all over the neighborhood mm-hmm. in my old neighborhood in the old Southwest. So. Yep. um They're really cute. Yeah. It's a really cute. Hey, are we good for time?
1: We got. I got about fifteen. Okay. Minutes. Let's go
0: to Karma Box then. Yeah. Okay. Um, tell me about what how that evolved. How did you get into that?
1: It, so I I did I was <laughs> uh, excuse me I was working at the Life Change Center. I pitched him, I didn't have any, so when I moved out here, it was like, it started out like it was gonna be a great idea, I moved out with my son, uh, Roman, he's eight years old, and it's it's just me and him, and in the course of one, like, year and a half, we moved to nine different places, because we're setting up silver living houses, you know, and he would, you know, he'd move with me here, we'd set this one up, grow up, and then build this, create this one, and we're doing this, and then I lose that job, um, intent i left that job but like when i left that job the company car went with it the the, the place where i was the apartment i was staying at went with it everything And so like we were struggling for a little while I went unemployed i was unemployed and um just like doing little side hustles and i went to the live change center and that guy there john firestone said he's like dude if uh he's like i want to hire you because i spoke there before about housing he was like man i really like you i want to hire you uh here but i don't have a position for you i'm like well thanks dude Like, uh, and so but he was like if you can come up with something that makes sense I'll create a position for you mm-hmm. and so I came up with a program called the Spartans where I would take all the recovering addicts at his treatment center the life change center and get them out volunteering in the community because volunteering for me is what helped me find find out who I was. you, know, you, go, you gotta do things you gotta do shit you know, you the fucking earth's rotating man you better catch up you better do something until you figure out what you want to do, who you are. So I would take them out volunteering, um, and then through that we came up with. They're like, "Hey, we should make library boxes." I'm like, "Who in this fucking room reads?" Well, nobody. All right, don't we do boxes like where we put um, non-perishable foods, hygiene items, things like that. Throw them in a box, and we can paint the box, and we'll keep the box full. And and so we did it. That's a, brilliant. Yeah, well dude and, and and that would keep our guys going and they would give them a little bit of purpose. Once, twice a week, we go fill this box. What happened was we set it the the first box was in Carson City at the AMP in there. Mm-hmm. And the um and when I showed up to fill it up, it was already full, and uh, I asked the kid behind the counter, I'm like, hey, what who's who's filling this? I'm like, is that you guys? He's like, nah, this lady named Sandra, she wants you to call her. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And so <laughs> yeah. I freaking called the lady and I met with her and she you know, the idea is that the have gives to the have nots. Mm-hmm. I, this Karma Box thing is the greatest social experiment ever to see how people, be, you know, how people react or act or behave or respond to like doing
0: shit. Okay, so if people have goods that are, meaning safe to put in the box, meaning non-perishable mm-hmm. and like you said, hygiene products, especially for women, Yep. Um, can they put them in the box? Oh yeah okay yeah that's really cool I thought that's what it was it was like a give 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 take kind of thing yeah okay.
1: and, th- and the, 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 the story with Sandra is that like I, I was expecting this haves given to the have-nots Yeah. like um, but it's, it's not true Sandra lived in a fucking trailer park behind that AMP Wow. she saw the box the guy told her it was like well you, you know you kind of put things in it you know for other people she's like what and she went and rallied up her neighbors and that, and these people are on fixed incomes, and they're using their food stamp cards oh to fill the boxes. And I'm like, whoa. And so we, we made another box and she like kind of took that box over. That was hers. And I'm like, what if we, we take a box and we give it to people? Like, That's your
0: flagship get, box is the one in Carson city.
1: Yeah. It's okay. down now. Somebody else. Yeah. They said, you know, some new owners came in and their whole thing was like, we're not the goodwill. Well, no shit, bro. Like, but you know, anyways, yeah. anyways, <laughs> That's um, yeah. it, it happens, man. But then, from, that was the first one, and then there was one. I, um, they did a news report on it in Carson, and I put one at Chewy's. But the one at Chewy's, they they forced us to take down because they don't want to attract any homeless people. And then, but before that, like right before that one was taken down, the news out here called me, and I told them I was reading a book at the time that said if you want to make something seem to grow, always talk about it like it's bigger than it is. And so so I was like, Yeah, we got boxes in Reno. And I had one box in Reno, but I said boxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just taking it down. Yes. And then so uh so the the news called me out here, channel two, Andy Guevara called me and was like, hey, let's uh let's do a story on it. I'm like, yeah. She was like, We'll meet at one of your boxes. I'm like, yes. And she was like tomorrow morning i'm like oh shit! so I, had to like, oh. <laughs> I went and made a box that night went and got shit made a box yeah. at home depot and called up uh haley and uh and jesse from two chicks but they had the gourmet oh uh, yes they're great yep, and, yep. They, and they they let me put it up there yeah. they even met me there and so the news showed up and it like and then so but it barely made it. but like within and then from that like people started calling hey let's get another one hey can i get one here hey can i get one there? And, then I got Emily Reed got involved and she's just a great artist out here. And I'm familiar with Emily Reed. Oh, yes, her work she, is good. I, I, really good. Oh yeah. And so she so lived. funny,
0: seeing how small? Reno's very small.
1: Oh yeah. In a good and way. So in her dad mm-hmm. so one time I built a box and gave it to her to paint and she was and the box was so shitty. I'm not a box builder at all. Um the box was so shitty that she was like, Can my dad fix this? I'm like, absolutely. And so she gave it to Mike Reed, her dad, and he, he fixed the box, but he was like, hey, when you come pick it up, you, can I talk to you for a minute? And so I went to go pick the box up. And he's like, can you do me a favor and never, ever build another box? <laughs> okay. Well,
0: the, the thing is, though, they, they are cute. So yeah. they, they draw the eye. And uh, I think that's, they have curb appeal. So, yeah. Which is what you need. you need. You need people to look interested in it. They're all really cute. And obviously. And we're doing newspaper work, you know, you now. being used. That's good. Yeah. Uh, and you, those old news and reviews boxes? Yep. Okay, that's yeah. cool. That's really cool.
1: Those are um, they, you know, they just they, they need to be painted and all that. But yeah, we're reusing those.
0: So this is running now the Karma Box program. Oh yeah, is running well.
1: So we're yeah we're talking with uh, Siegel Suites to p- start putting them in all the oh, lobbies good. of the Seagull Suites. Yeah. Very
0: good. Um, so what is your? I'm trying. I'm not trying to uh, rush you, but I didn't mean to take so long about like your background story no, and stuff. But good. I thought it was interesting for people. Um, so what is going to happen? Do you feel like? With your concepts of service for like homeless people in the future,
1: we so we right now operate. Uh, I have an outreach crew that works in the in the streets, you know, that that goes out with the city of Reno and does outreach at different camps. Uh, works with the city of Sparks. I have a program. So that's that's our site navigators I got an outreach crew that does that. I got a program called the River Stewards, where I have a, you know one person. We get one person needs a supervisor. will grab four folks that either live in the shelter, or live on the streets, or live in the safe camp, and uh, and take them out to the truck you and clean up the river for four hours, and we give them gift cards at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. we're like, and um, and that's that work part, right? Like the, the work a lot of things, just shut up, do the work, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and so we, you know, I, and I think it's great when you get trash is cool it sounds weird but like, so, but like it, it can it, be dude so like it, it, when you, it gives you an immediate feeling of completion like mm-hmm. you did something and you can like see a fucking dirty room and you clean it up or you see an area with a bunch of trash and you go through and, you, and it just take, it doesn't take much you just grab something you put it in a fucking bag you shut up you, you don't have to shut up you, but like <laughs> yeah. when you put things in a bag and you back out and you like you completed something yeah. and it gives like it sounds silly but trash is such a great way to like to feel like you completed something, just pick up a piece of fucking trash. Something something. Yeah, yeah. And so you know what, and, and what you keep in life is in direct proportion to what you feel like you're worth. So if you don't feel like you're worth shit, you don't get to keep shit. So like, how do you build self worth? Do things, complete things, finish cycles of action, do stuff, and then and then you get that. And so like, trash is cool, we're trying to work with a group that already feels like we're, we're less than. So how can you do? Will we get folks? Working and doing stuff, and so we have that river sewer program that does that, and then um, and then now we also operate the safe camp. So we have forty-five tents, and uh, and we're full.
0: Where is that located? It's in the governor's bowl. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, are people able to like stay safe and clean, like feeling like their body is like bodily clean. Mm-hmm. There's showers there. There's not
1: showers there. The showers are on the Ca- so we're on the cares campus, mm-hmm. so. It's on the Kears campus. They have to just walk around about ten minutes, and they, they, they have access to showers.
0: God, now see that this. Now that we we have to shorten up the conversation, but um, can we revisit this another time? Oh yeah. Okay. So in closing, I just wanted to ask you like a couple quick things. Mm-hmm. The first thing is, is there some, one thing that you could tell people that would dispel any sort of like myth or you know, like a debunk something about? You know, there's like stigmas about being homeless. Is there one thing you could say where you're like, "This is absolutely not true" about a homeless person?
1: Well, oh, there's, uh, there's, there's. So here, right? I
0: know, I know one. Let's say one of the myths is that I, hate, I really personally don't like it when I hear people go, "Oh, they want to be there." Hmm. Okay, what, what how would how you the, respond? So to there's, that? A,
1: there's a lot of layers to that. Okay. So like, so let's let just, and, and I'm gonna fucking say this because this, this gets. So like, you look, look at this, right? So somehow through the course of time, a person who is higher function. listen to the stories right listen to the fucking stories someone who was once higher functioning like I was right like I had a house I had a wife I had a kid all the things and then things I was. I had a maladaptive way of responding to the world around me right and my way of responding to the world was, was using right and so I would get high I would use drugs and um, and so but it changed who I was and I forgot how to live right I forgot how to live in a, in a group I forgot how to behave I forgot how to live so like it got me to where I was a homeless drug addict. Now, when people would give me things, they would um, that when folks would, you know, hey, here's a house, here's a job, here's a this. But I don't, I don't have the work ethic I used to have. I forgot how to like pay bills and this and that. There's some things that we forgot, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and and so that put me in a place where it doesn't matter what people give me. you know if we go out there and we're like, hey, man, here's a voucher for a house. Well, how long is that voucher going to last? And eventually, the voucher is up. The month is gone and I'm back homeless again because I haven't learned the things. It's not about the fucking house and it's not about the job. It's mm-hmm. about keeping it. So mm-hmm. if I can give you all the shit in the world. How do I teach you to keep it? And so we have a system that gives things but without teaching us how to keep it. And so if I come up here and I get something, it feels good, right? You'll actually these videos on TikTok where a guy's like, Hey, I got this to lady in an apartment and the lady's crying and she's happy. She's not crying because you got the fucking apartment, man. She's crying because she knows she's going to lose it you know? And and it's real touching. But but like, so if somebody is given something and then loses it, and then given something, and then losing it, giving it, losing it, giving it, losing it, like it would make more sense to this person to be successfully homeless than to try to make it in your fucking world. So having said that when they say like people want to be there but like, no motherfucker nobody wants to be a homeless yeah. person with nothing we've just accepted that this is who we are and it's all we know so if i'm going to be homeless i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to be i'm going to be successfully homeless and, I, and i'll learn how to navigate the system and I'll learn the, this system down here right and you can give me an apartment we know we're not going to keep it so like why would i even try so fuck you i'm cool here do you know
0: that's a whole another podcast unto itself mm-hmm. okay because the answer is teach a person to know how to be independent again.
1: Here's the thing. So they, they say, yes. So or remind them that they well, have the skills. Or So it, it falls on if we're the higher functioning people, right? We have to take responsibility. So who's responsible for that homeless man over there? It's us. Mm-hmm. So if we're the higher functioning people, we better figure it the fuck out. We can't outthink this. Like there's something wrong, right? And so if, if, um, if we have this philosophy That's like. That's a
0: tough pill to swallow, too. Well, to, to accept your brother I mean, as as your burden too That's
1: you, yeah, you, you better eat it though like, right, you, you, you better, you must, we must like we're, whether you like it or not you're in the same boat as these guys and, and as a group we have to decide when, some, when if we're rowing right? we're in a boat and we're rowing to a healthy community um, and somebody stops rowing who's responsible to get that person back rowing and do we resent them for not rowing but still taking a ride do you know? Yeah. And 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 that's it. And a lot of us just resent, like, I fucked that guy. Well, okay, are you gonna teach him how to row again? Because it's gonna take some work. Do you know? And there's a there's a thing that like where they say, give a man a fish and you feed him for a day, teach him to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. Well, some people's ability to fish, I don't give a shit how long you spend in the water and you're gonna have to spend some time with them, right, to identify why aren't they fishing? Like how have they lost their ability to fish. Is it because they're scared of Worms, and they don't know how to hook the fish. Does this person have one arm and can't quite hold the stick right? Everybody has different reasons why we forgot how to fish or have never fished at all. Do you know? So like, it's more than just teach them to fish. Yeah. Give them a it doesn't work like that. Like, so the bigger picture like that is like you, we have to get in there and create a system, or it's not like you know, you put them somewhere and they're just like, oh, okay, I remember. You know, it doesn't work like that. We we have to learn how to regrow people on an
0: an individual basis oh yeah one Mm -hmm. person at a time Mm -hmm.
1: you can break them up in a you, you know you can either broad stroke it but when you do a broad stroke over any group it serves one bubble in that group because there's so many sub bubbles in the group so it serves this group and is a disservice to the rest of the group and we're like, well, we did this for homelessness. No, you didn't do it for all of homelessness. You did it for that little small sub-bubble of homelessness. You gotta have boom, boom, everything. And, and there and I can when if we do another podcast, I can help define the sub-bubbles and the overlapping bubbles and the things like there's it's there's it's complex. There's a lot to it, do you know? Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, so it's it's us. Right? Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs>
0: I'm um, having a hard time responding to that because like you said this is, the, this is a nuance I didn't mean yeah. to it sounded like a simple question but it's not a simple answer oh, no. it's definitely a, it's going to require some unpacking so, if, so if that's a whole other that's definitely another subject
1: if there's one word that like is like so what's going to cure homelessness the word is us like mm. we, it's us dang we, and we, yeah you, dang so it's not a program mm-hmm. it's fucking people and it's people figuring people out and some people won't respond to me so we got to find who's this person going to respond to. Boom. You know, and like, how could you get this? But I have to know the people. You better get in the fucking trenches, you know? Yeah. So we need people in there, and we need to be able to articulate the different needs and the different things, and you got to be able to speak well to it. Because there's, there's uh, belief systems that need to be changed on a higher level, right? Yeah. Um, I was reading the thing the other day about Semmelweis. Uh, some the doctor is a Hungarian doctor. In 1840s, he was doing surgery on people in the hospital and like 90% of them were fucking dying from infections. And he was he's, he's thinking, he's like, man, could it be that we're doing autopsies at night and performing surgery during the day? And he's like, well, maybe it's the germs on our hands. And so he created this chlorine, lime juice solution to get the germs off his hands and the, and 1% of his, of his clients were dying, right? So like, people are living and so when he shares that with the rest of the doctors they shamed him and they fucking shit talked to him and he ended up going crazy he ended up going crazy and they're like oh look at this guy who wants to wash his hands do you know but it's like so it's like they call it the Semmelweis reflex where like we hear some new shit and we're like no fuck that man do you know so it's the, yeah that's what we have to we have to work through is like change that reflex yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a good answer, actually. <laughs> for now, okay. So, so to wrap up, um I feel like I'm asking you too much. One last question. Yep. Um, just one, like one statement. If somebody's listening right now and they feel like they don't, you know, they're having a, a rough day, a hard time, like moving forward in their life, is there one thing you could tell them, one actionable thing that they could do today, to put them make move the needle forward in their life?
1: It's probably just just step outside of yourself for a okay. second. Okay. Get there, isn't it? Like. You know, you don't want to move, want it to sound, it sounds pretty rigid, but none of this shit's about you. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So just step outside of yourself. Go do something for somebody. Go fucking, I don't know, go, go walk, go walk, to, I don't know, go do something yeah. for somebody. Stop you. thinking
0: about yourself for a minute. Eh, it's
1: not about you. Yeah. Right? yeah People yeah. go to the gym and they're like, I don't want to go to the gym because everyone's looking at me. I'm like, I can assure you, not a single motherfucker in that gym is looking at you. Those mirrors are for me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> right on. All right, so I can we can find you, Grant Denton. You can find them on Instagram. How else can they contact you if you um, know, people are interested? They want to talk to you. They want to get involved with uh, these outreach programs. Karma Box Project. Okay. On
1: uh, on Facebook, or you can go to www.karmaboxproject.org. Okay. Yep. So
0: anybody's hearing this, they're interested, and they want to participate in the Karma Box program. Contact Grant Grant Denton through there. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't mean to take take so much of your time. Know, I love it, I love it. Thank you. All right. I to spoil. You said it, again, say it Cool. Thanks. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 we're good. I'm hanging up. I'm hanging I'm hanging up.
1: Okay.